there. Welcome to Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. And we are a married couple who like to shoot the shit about movies. That we do. That we do. And this week we're continuing with our So Bad It's Good shtick that we've been on recently. We watched Cats last week, the classic musical adventure. Scott, what are we watching today? We are watching Howard the Duck. Released in 1986. Now, Howard the Duck is based off a comic book series. Yes. Howard the Duck's first appearance in the Marvel Comics was in December of 1973. And he was created by Steve Gerber and Val Merrick. Now, the comic book has a similar take to the movie, a duck traveling through space and time to land on Earth and gets into all these wacky adventures. Oh, how fun. Now Howard's a fun Easter egg in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Yes, I remember watching that in the theaters and being like, oh my god, does this mean they're making another Howard the Duck movie? And everyone was like, no. (laughs) You might say no at the time, but it could happen. I mean, if they did a Howard the Duck movie today, it would have to be a very tongue-in-cheek, almost Deadpool-esque type situation, I feel like, for it to work. That's basically what it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be. But this is not that. (laughs) I don't know what this is, honestly, because there are times when it feels like the movie is geared towards children because, ha-ha, cute ducky, ha-ha, cute, funny, fart joke, (laughs) And 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 then Howard gets a job at the brothel. Right. There yeah, then there are like raunchy sex jokes and it's like, oh, "Okay, so this is this is for adults." Okay. This movie was directed by Willard Huck. This was the last movie he ever directed. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> but fun fact, John Landis was actually tapped to do this movie originally, but turned it down, which was probably a wise decision. <laughs> probably, but I would have actually like to see a John Landis Howard the Duck? Well, maybe yes, but now with these writers, Willard Huck also co-wrote the movie with a Miss Gloria Katz, and uh, this writing duo were actually co-writers with George Lucas on American Graffiti before this, and that got them a nomination for a screenplay Oscar. So just to reiterate, the people that wrote Howard the Duck are Oscar-nominated screenwriters. Yeah, but the other name you just tossed out there would be the producer of this movie, a Mr. George Lucas. Oh, no. And, like, this was fresh off of Return of the Jedi, so his reputation was still good at this point. George, even in this, you could tell, like, he's a goofy guy. I've watched some of the interviews of Harrison Ford talking about Star Wars and going like, George, I'm not saying this. Because George would have this ridiculous line of dialogue that made no fucking sense. And after Return of the Jedi, no one could say no to George Lucas. This movie obviously was a big old bomb. It has 13% on Rotten Tomatoes. But what's funny in regards to George Lucas, according to reports at the time, he had just built Skywalker Ranch and was relying on this movie to like get him back in the black. But when it bombed, He was in dire straits, so he had to sell off his CGI animation division at Lucasfilm to Steve Jobs. And 
ipso facto, that turned into Pixar. So this movie's terrible. And if you want to hate it, that's just fine with me. But without this movie, we wouldn't have gotten Pixar. So, you know, there is a silver lining to every dark rain cloud (laughs) is the moral of the story. But this movie was very prominent in the Razzie Awards as well as the Stinkers Bad Movie Awards. It won the Stinkers Award for Worst Picture. And it was nominated for seven Razzies and won four of them, including Worst Picture, Worst Screenplay, and Worst New Star for Howard the Duck himself. Well, the screenplay's all duck puns. But also, it was nominated for a Razzie Award in 1990 for Worst Film of the Decade, but it lost that to Mommy Dearest. No Yeah, that'd be a tough award for the 80s, I feel like. There, there were a lot of stinkers in the 80s, but I think Howard the Duck earned its nomination. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it was honored just to be in the running. <laughs> well, when you think about all the things this movie gave us, from the quack foo to possible duck on human sex. Long story short, this movie was a fucking disaster. So you ready to get into the nitty and the gritty of Howard the Duck? Um, sure. I guess. Peek behind the curtains, everyone. We put off recording this for so long. (laughs) Yeah, we literally watched this like days ago. Usually when we do these episodes, we try to watch the movie and then do the episode either the same day or the very next day, just so it's fresh in our minds. But we were putting this off for so long, we did not want to talk about this. (laughs) Because it's not a so bad it's good movie that like you can just laugh out loud the whole time. It's not like the room in that way. It's more like a, there are a couple laughing moments in there and a couple of, oh my God, how did they make this movie? And then you just spend the majority of the time just becoming more and more exhausted. And by the end, you feel like you ran a marathon in the dirt and the garbage. Uh, I would definitely say this movie would probably be better with inebriation. Yes, for sure. You can make it a drinking game. Drink every time there's a duck pun. Oh God, you'd be dead. Yeah. <laughs> Because we start off in Howard's apartment on Duck World. Duck World. Woo! And in Duck World, as we go through Howard's apartment, he has a bunch of movie posters referencing ducks in famous movies like Raiders of the Lost Nest. Oh, but also we noticed that uh, there was two moons on this planet and i was like oh my god is it the same universe as star wars is there gonna be a crossover oh god i mean it's disney and howard the duck is marvel so there could be a star wars howard the duck crossover you never know howard the duck could show up in a star wars movie someday howard is sitting down watching television and suddenly he gets sucked through the wall In his nice comfy lounge chair, going through random jokes and one duck feeling herself up in the bathtub. Yeah, immediately you realize like, okay, there might be cute little duckies and funny little puns, but this is not a kid's movie because we just saw duck tits and alluded to masturbation. Oh, no, she's definitely masturbating. (laughs) So, like, gross. Okay, didn't need to see that. Don't need to see that in a normal movie. I don't need to see people masturbating in the bathtub. So I certainly don't need to see it in a duck movie with Uh, duck people. But before we get into the fucking quote-unquote plot of this movie, 
let's talk about Howard's aesthetic here. Let's let's talk about how he fucking looks. Yeah. Um, he looks gross. I feel like this was originally supposed to be an animated movie, but for whatever reason, they decided to make it live action because they try to make this anthropomorphic duck person look normal and it looks weird and stilted and gross. <laughs> well, all the ducks look weird and stilted. Like it, it just kind of just looks off-putting. But even when you get to the Marvel Universe where Howard's completely CGI... He looks weird even in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think even in the comics, he kind of looks a little awkward and odd-looking. Howard's not a good-looking character. No. I mean, there's times where they do close-ups on his face, and it's just incredibly uncomfortable to look at. Oh, and there's still occasions where the mouth is moving on Howard's face, and it's not quite matching up with the words. Just on the few occasions, it's quite funny. Yes, and fun fact... Howard the Duck is being physically portrayed by Ed Gale, who was also the Chucky stunt double in Child's Play. So that's an interesting little tidbit. He was voiced by a guy named Chip Zine, who I don't know. I couldn't find any other notable credits for him. But there were other more well-known actors who were being talked about to possibly be the voice, including John Cusack, Martin Short, and Robin Williams. Okay, Robin Williams would have been great. Martin Short would have actually been really fun, too. I can't see John Cusack. I can't do it. I mean, he's more of like the Chip Zine voice, where it's like a normal Joe Schmo. Hello, I'm here. I'm in the real world now with you weird people without feathers. <laughs> so yes, Howard gets sucked into space, where we get an epic voiceover introducing Howard the duck. Oh my god. I just feel like that was so unnecessary. <laughs> like, we already have established we're in a fantastical environment. We don't need you, sir. Like, we don't need your booming fucking voice telling us that Howard the Duck is here. We notice. What is, what was, and what will be start here with the words In the beginning there was Howard the Duck. The only thing we're missing in this is a Queen-led soundtrack. So Howard crash lands on Earth and is immediately accosted by everybody. He gets knocked around by a motorcycle gang. He gets thrown into a trash can. He's getting the shit kicked out of him. And then we meet our other main character, Beverly. Played by Leah Thompson. One year after Back to the Future, which is like her most iconic role. And then she decided to do this. Okay, <laughs> Beverly is the front woman of a rock band and she was playing a gig at some skeevy club and she's being accosted by these dudes and Howard the Duck bursts in to save the day, save the damsel in distress. And Howard and Beverly beat off these two goons and Beverly looks at this duck. Yeah, she's just like, okay, hi, hi ducky. <laughs> okay bye thanks ducky see you later and she just leaves and it's like um there's this walking talking duck next to you that just saved your ass and he told you he's nowhere to go and you're just gonna leave and she it's raining and she's like carrying her little umbrella and she's walking to the corner and she turns back very dramatically and there's a song over it basically telling us how she's feeling in case it wasn't made clear I 
Oh my god. Uh, so she comes back and offers Howard to come stay at her place. But I forgot really quick, while he was beating up these two guys, this is where we get the first instance of he's a master of quack foo. Oh yeah. Yeah. He says he's a master of quack foo, which is I guess supposed to be a duck pun, but it's not really a duck pun because it's not a pun on kung fu. <laughs> So what the fuck is it supposed to be a pun for? <laughs> like, that's a theme in this movie. There are so, 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 so many duck puns, quote unquote, but they're not actually puns. They're just words that are replaced with quack or duck. That's not necessarily a pun, just replacing a word with another word. Like, that's no. not. No. No, Howard the Duck. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Yeah, so she brings Howard home. She keeps calling Howard Ducky. Which is supposed to be like a cute nickname, but it's really just weird because throughout this movie, it seems like they're alluding to some kind of romantic entanglement or chemistry crush thing between her and this duck. And it's like, wait, no, don't do that. Also, side note, I kept thinking like, oh, Ducky should should have been played by John Cryer. Ha ha, Ducky, get it, yeah, so funny. Thank you, I know, I have a good humor. But yeah, th- the idea that she would just like leave this scientific marvel in the middle of nowhere and not like be all over this shit is stupid enough, but then take him back to your crummy apartment and just she's just talking to him about like her pro- her own problems like oh we have this manager for our band and he's such a skis ball and it's like excuse me <laughs> you are talking to a duck who says he's from another planet like why are you not asking 50,000 questions about him <laughs> well there's a funny actually connection to the MCU here i don't know if you caught it but the name of her band is cherry bomb and in the first Guardians of the Galaxy where Howard the Duck appears, they play the song Cherry Bomb. Oh, I never realized that. Okay, that's kind of fun. Oh, and also we should talk about Leah Thompson's look in this movie. I mean, Leah Thompson is just so charming and sweet. I don't blame her for any of this shit. But she could not look more 80s if she tried. She has gone on record saying that she modeled her character after Cindy Lauper and Madonna, which is like, yeah, no shit. Yeah. But also, there are several songs in this movie, and we'll, we'll fucking talk about the songs. Trust me, we'll get there. But she actually did her own singing, which I thought was kind of cool, because I feel like in a movie like this, you could get away so easily with just dubbing. But she's like, no, I'm a rock star. I'm going to fucking sing. So good on her for that. Like, she's the best part of the movie. Yeah. But not by much. <laughs> Her charm is not Will Smith caliber that she saves shitty movies. No, it's honestly, I don't know if there was any saving Howard the Duck, but Howard has PTSD about being sucked through space. Oh my God. Yeah. They have a whole PTSD scene where he has a flashback thing and like they do a zoom in on his face and it's just contorted in the most horrifying look. But it never comes back again. It's only in this one part. And then howard passes out and beverly goes through his wallet which has 
a duck dollar bill where George Washington, as a duck, is on the dollar bill. <laughs> Get it? It's so funny. And of course, Howard has a condom in his wallet. That was so yucky. Oh my god. This, see, that's another one where we're like, okay, who are we targeting this to? I understand in kids' movies that you're supposed to like have jokes that would go over the kid's head and be funny for the adults. Right. Like, the best kids' movies have that. Yeah, but a condom is not no, but a, a subtle adult joke. <laughs> no, but every joke that you're like, oh, that's supposed to be like the joke that's supposed to go over the kid's head. No, that doesn't go over that the would, kid's that head. That would literally be like if in Aladdin, the genie reaches into his wallet and pulls out a condom. It's like, oh, I'm going to go fuck the I Dream of Genie lady tonight. Like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, God. Okay. So the next morning, Beverly takes Howard to her scientist friend. Oh, my God. <laughs> played by Oscar winner Tim Robbins. <laughs> you serious? Oh, we have to talk about them getting Howard to the. Oh, that was so stupid, too. There are things in this movie, like plot points, that don't make any sense. It's like a typical so bad it's good movie trope where it's like, okay, you could have just very easily have done this, but instead you did a much more complicated and like weird thing for no reason. They put Howard in a bag. Garbage bag. Leah Thompson punched a bunch of holes in the thing, you know, so he could breathe. Puts the duck in the bag with all these holes in it, puts it in a taxi with her to drive and go see tim robbins because you know she doesn't want anyone freaking out that there's a duck walking around mind you multiple people have already seen the duck and yeah they think it's weird but like they don't freak out to the level that would be normal in real life but anyway she has the duck with her in the taxi and she keeps talking to it and the cab driver's like what the fuck she's talking to a garbage bag but howard's talking back yeah, so that like, there's no point to this at all. <laughs> it really, it makes no sense. And then she's dragging the garbage bag up the steps. The bag is talking to her and she's talking to the bag and people are like, oh, do you need help, ma'am? Because you're like clearly having trouble dragging this very heavy bag for some reason. Oh, no, I'm fine. <laughs> but let's face it. How much do you think Howard weighs? Howard can't weigh that much. I would assume, yeah, like, he's the size of an eight-year-old, so I would assume that she could, like, probably pick him up, or at least, you know... 40 pounds, maybe? Yeah. I mean, get a hand truck, honey. Like, what are you... <laughs> so, yeah, they go see Phil. Which is uh, Tim Robbins's character. And Phil is immediately like, holy shit, this is a duck. Uh, yeah, and he starts talking like Donald Duck to try and communicate with him. And and then Phil proceeds to explain that Howard must have come from a planet where instead of apes evolving to be human, ducks evolved to be Howard. But Phil is like, don't worry, I'll get this all done. I know what to do. But Howard's like, this guy's a fucking idiot. And he leaves because Phil is an idiot. Yeah. So he walks out and Beverly follows him. And they proceed to get into an argument. He's frustrated, obviously, because he's been catapulted into this other world that he is unfamiliar with. And he goes off on Beverly. He's like, just leave me the fuck alone. And she's like, fine, I'll leave. It's it's a very forced 
it seems very obvious that the writers just wanted them to fight so they could separate for a while. Howard then dresses up like an 80s beatnik kind of character and goes to a job office to get a job. Yes, which is annoying because like you're mad at Beverly for not helping you in this situation, which is like a bizarro situation that like who the fuck would know how to help you with this, bro? So he like kicks her out of his life, but then you don't know what the fuck to do either. You're just like, oh, I guess I'll just get a job and adjust to life on Earth. And it's like, okay, well, she could have helped you do that. Yeah, she could have brought you to the fucking job office. This lady gets him a job at a brothel. It's like an adult spa, but yeah. like there's people fucking everywhere in the movie. Like they're fucking everywhere. <laughs> there's hot tubs and you know steam everywhere. And this wouldn't exist. And fucking. <laughs> this there's one... just fucking everywhere in this movie. And this would... I don't understand. <laughs> and this would not exist in COVID times. I don't. I don't understand why they did this. Okay, and this scene is so short because Howard gets yelled at by his boss that he has to go clean out one of the pools that has people making out in it which why would he have to clean it out there people in it whatever it's so gross i don't care but howard's like i'm not going in there right now and the boss throws him into the pool then this is where we learn howard can't swim because he's a duck so it's funny because he can't swim (laughs) okay whatever and then howard quits his job you know what I think happened? I think Willard Huck and Gloria Katz were writing this movie and they were coming up with ideas, you know, brainstorming. And Willard Huck was probably like, oh, you know, it'd be really funny. Oh, what if we had a scene where Howard was working in a sex shop or something or, or a brothel? That would be so funny. <laughs> and he was the director. So he's like, I want to keep that idea. So he just shoehorned it in despite the fact that it doesn't fit at all in the movie. <laughs> also, it feels like padding. Yeah, absolutely. Like, oh, we need five minutes. Let's keep the sex shop scene in. Because then right after that, he he quits the job within a second. And then in the next scene, he's going back uh, and he runs into Beverly again and they make up and everything's fine. So it's like, what was the point of all that? So, yeah, as Frankie has said, yes, he he does go to find Beverly. But right before he goes up to the bar where her manager is talking, because every guy in this movie is a sleazeball. Especially Howard. Howard's kind of a sleazeball, too. Oh, but he's our main character, so when he says sleazy shit or does sleazy shit, it's fine. <laughs> but her manager's like, Beverly ain't getting any of this money if she doesn't uh, do the deed with me. Ew. <laughs> and Howard's like, you're going to give Beverly the money. And this proceeds into a bar fight where Howard's bopping people over the head with bottles. Yeah, that's the thing, too, with this movie. They try to make it that Howard is this skilled fighter somehow. And it's like, okay, maybe on Duck World you can kick some ass, bro. But, like, everyone that you fight in this movie has at least six inches on you, if not more. Not to mention they can lift you up. Yeah. And that's why in every fight he's standing on something. It's over, Anakin! I have the high ground. George Lucas definitely produced this movie because he knows about the high ground. <laughs> oh, God. There are multiple times in this movie where he's fighting. He, it's like he's waiting for the people to like run at him. And but he has something in his hands just waiting to hit him. It's like John Wick. This is not. No. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> well, the other thing is the suit clearly has limitations. Yeah. You can't move very freely in it, obviously. Later on, there's a fight 
where he's holding pies and people just kind of run into the pie. Yeah, he's like holding the pie in front of him and then these idiots just like run straight into the pie. And it's like, okay, that's not really like a fight, is it? <laughs> like That's just like a fucking comedy routine. Like, well, <laughs> Which is, I guess, what it's supposed to be in reality. But like, it's not because it's, it's not funny. No one's laughing. <laughs> we are crying. So it turns out Howard's like, okay, I basically got your manager to give me the money. And you have no manager anymore. You're free. And Beverly's like, yay, we're free. And Phil is apparently dating the guitarist of Cherry Bomb. Oh, yeah, because we need a reason to bring Tim Robbins back in the story. So Tim Robbins comes into the dressing room, and apparently he's dating uh, one of the members of the band. Okay, whatever. But he wants to steal one of his little feathers to take to his boss's to uh i guess investigate how he got here it's all anything regarding the quote-unquote science of this movie is complete gobbledygook okay i understand in a lot of marvel movies especially they explain the sciencey stuff and technology stuff and it's like talk really fast and don't really make sense move on move on move on yeah it'll sound like sciencey shit don't worry this is so bad like it doesn't like I don't care. I don't even care to try and understand it. It makes no sense. (laughs) Tim Robbins plucks a feather out of Howard and he goes off and Howard goes back to live with Beverly. So their fight, again, was pointless. There's so many stupid random lines in this scene. Phil brings in a pizza to the girls. Like, hey girls, what's going on? And, And Howard looks at the pizza and he's like, what is that? And Phil says, it's an Italian circular food object. And I was like, okay, I mean, I guess you're correct, but like he doesn't know what pizza is. There's no pizza in Duck World. Apparently not. There's fucking porno mags and indiana jones but there's no fucking pizza <laughs> what kind of world is this it's just a, it's a duck it's world dumb it's dumb is what it is damn it it's a duck world that's all that matters so beverly and howard kind of are flirting oh yeah this is we get like the heavy flirty romantic tension scene here with beverly and howard when they go back to her place and Beverly's basically wearing a nightie, and Howard's like... She's in her underwear. She's in her underwear. She's got, like, a crop top on and underwear. And she's going to sleep. I'm not judging her. Like, she, it's in her house. She can wear whatever she wants. But, like, she's not the same species as him. So, like, why are you attracted? That would be like me saying I'm attracted to a puppy. Like, that's gross. That would be like me saying I'm attracted to Bugs Bunny. Like, ew, no. That would be like Scott saying he's attracted to Lola Bunny. Ew. I know that's what you were going for, Space Jam, but no. Shame on you. Yes, that's why uh, we have made Lola less sexualized in the new Space Jam movie. So they get into bed. Yeah. And they're like cuddling up together. And they do a fucking boner joke with Howard. Like his feathers stand on end. And it's like... I just want to throw up everywhere. Well, it's funny because initially Howard seems to be like the aggressor. Yeah, but then she starts being aggressive back to him and he like backs off like scared. Like, wait, no, I was just fucking around. (laughs) You fucking crazy bitch. 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 Uh, Which is 
it's interesting because yeah, clearly Beverly is like wants Howard. I don't know if she's serious though. Like I don't know. That's the thing. Like they play it off like they're both joking with each other, but then they do kiss. So it's like what? <laughs> and they kiss behind a curtain because Tim Robbins comes back with Jeffrey Jones. Oh yes, as if this scene could not get any creepier. We now have the introduction to Jeffrey Jones's character, Doctor Jenning. I'm sorry, I keep showing you movies of Jeffrey Jones. Yeah, we've talked about him multiple times before. He was in uh, Ferris Bueller and Beetlejuice. We've done episodes on both of those movies. But yeah, no, Jeffrey Jones is back again, rearing his ugly, ugly head. And yeah, he plays uh, like the head scientist at the lab that Phil works at. And he comes in essentially to finally give us, as the audience, an explanation as to what the fuck is going on with Howard being here. Yeah. So basically, as they're now driving to the lab, he goes, so yeah, we had this tractor beam aimed to space and we fired it into space and there was a malfunction and it dragged you from your planet to Earth. And we were like, wow, this is crazy. And one of your feathers appeared in the lab, but you dropped miles away for some reason. And the feather Phil brought us in, the feather from our lab, is exactly the same because they're both you. So here's the thing. As I said, this is all gobbledygook and I don't care. I've literally zoned out through all that shit in the movie and even when scott just explained it i don't even know what scott just said i'm not gonna know until i fucking review it in the edit but (laughs) i i don't care here's the thing i i I think it would have been better if we just never had an explanation as to what happened and why he got here why do we need an explanation we don't we don't it's just sciencey gobbledygook that doesn't matter. And I think if we just erase the whole thing of like trying to get him back to where he came from, lasers and I don't care. Why can't it just be about him being on Earth and adjusting to Earth and having adventures on Earth? Why does there have to be like the supernatural sciencey gobbledygook nonsense that nobody cares about? Because we chose the story where Howard wants to go home. You could have established him on his world that he was kind of like a loner and didn't fit in maybe and was kind of ostracized in his own world and whatever and then when he gets to earth he initially you know was like oh i gotta go back but then you know he he, like he adjusts to life on earth and he's happier here and then at the end of the movie you get phil fuckface you know tim robbins coming in as our sciencey expert saying hey howard we figured out a way to get you home buddy Let's go. Let's go to the lab right now and we'll, we'll get you home. And then he goes and he's like, I'll miss you, Beverly. Our maybe sort of kind of almost love affair. It was so beautiful and so strong and so well developed. And then they, he goes to the lab and at the last minute he says, no, I can't leave. I have to stay here where I belong. I belong on Earth. And then that's the story. I just wrote a better story in... 30 seconds and I didn't even write it down. I just wrote it in my brain. There you go, people. If you want to steal it, 
have at it. Uh, oh yeah, please do. Uh, so. Send me the five cents it makes. <laughs> it might make more now because he's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and they did the story. But yeah, like it's just I don't know, man. So they're going to the uh, lab. Jeffrey Jones, Phil are taking Howard and Beverly to the lab. And they're sitting in the back of the van, and they're having a nice little chat. Yeah, Beverly and Howard are like, they're having a very schmaltzy talk about how they're going to miss each other so much. Oh, Ducky. And it's like, wait, you've known each other for like maybe two days, and half of that you weren't even talking because he yelled at you and you stormed off. And then he went to go work in a brothel. So, like, you've known each other maybe 24 hours. That's probably being generous. So, how are you going to miss each other so, so much? Because you had an almost one-night stand with with a a duck. (laughs) Okay, sure. Whatever, lady. (laughs) Uh, So, they get to the lab, and something has gone wrong. Something else has come through the tractor beam. And... People are dying at the lab. Some guy comes out with a burnt face. Oh, yeah. He's screaming, my eyes, my eyes. And then he grabs Howard and his eyes are completely fine. (laughs) Yeah, it's his cheek that's fucked up. Um, It's whatever. I don't care. (laughs) I just don't care. And he's like, we shouldn't have messed with the universe. Okay. Okay, sweetie. Yeah, and then the movie kind of turns into the thing for a while because whatever alien being comes through the tractor beam somehow possesses Jeffrey Jones's body and becomes like a parasite and eventually takes them over completely. Yes, this is also where we get the cops introduced and our main cop is literally the main cop from CSI. <laughs> From the original CSI. He's just the main cop. And I'm like, oh, you went from Howard the Duck to CSI. Good for you. But, um, yeah, the cops show up and they try to arrest Howard. But somehow they evade the police because they're fucking idiots. Like, how how do you lose a a fucking, like, six-inch tall duck? Like, how do you do that? And a, whatever, 110-pound girl. Because Beverly helps. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. So Howard and Beverly grab Jeffrey Jones. Yeah, and they escape in a van, and they're driving along. And throughout the drive, and when eventually they show up at a diner and they're talking, Jeffrey Jones is slowly but surely being taken over by this alien entity. Like, he's slowly becoming less and less Dr. Jenning and becoming more and more this alien creature that's very evil and... I, I don't understand. They don't react at all to this. Like, they don't ca- Like, they're very like, oh, Dr. Jenning, you're being so silly. And it's like, um, okay, you know that this tractor beam or whatever has access to other worlds because Howard came from another world. So this evil, evil alien is like, I'm going to take over the world. And... They, they're unfazed by this, Howard and Beverly. They're just rolling their eyes like, oh, whatever, okay. Okay, bro. <laughs> Even if you want to be like they're distracted, because technically, they're on the run from the police. Right. They don't even bring that up, really. True. Like, if you wanted to, like, oh, they're, they're, they're not really 
paying attention to Dr. Jennings being taken over. They're more like, oh, shit, what are we going to do? The cops are on our fucking tail. Because <laughs> he's a duck. He has a tail. <laughs> but they're sitting in the fucking diner, right? And this evil, evil alien, which, by the way, Jeffrey Jones's voice was fucked with in post to make it sound very evil and rah, rah, rah. And uh, do you want to know who the sound designer was for this movie? Who was the sound designer? Ben Burt. Oh, God. Star Wars, baby. <laughs> Why am I not shocked by that one? So, yeah, George Lucas's fingerprints are all over this thing and it shows. But anyway, the three of them are sitting at this booth at the diner. And Jeffrey Jones has proceeded to give them a typical evil alien speech. I'm going to take over the world, me and my alien friends. You know, and then, like I said, they're rolling their eyes, not phased. Don't give a fuck. But then Jeffrey Jones decides, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to use my alien powers to explode a bottle of ketchup and at that point when they explode a bottle of ketchup that is when howard and beverly start freaking out oh my god you're an alien yeah he said that already 50 times and he didn't give a fuck yes he said he was gonna take over the world and kill all humans blah 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 and you didn't give a fuck but then he blows up a bottle of ketchup and you're shitting your pants like i don't understand the logic okay well, whatever well apparently he is the dark overlord of the universe and uh howard then gets into a fight with some locals at this sushi bar diner i would pay money to f- have somebody tell me that that exists in real life. Like, if someone could find a sushi diner for me... That's open 24 hours a day. I would kill myself. <laughs> like, that's how that's how much I believe that doesn't exist in real life. But anyway. But yes, Howard gets into a fight with some of the local truckers of this bar. Yes, literally, like, 90% of the males in this movie are just abusive pigs for no reason. Yeah, who because they need to fight with Howard, and that's where we get the fight with the pies and everything. Yeah, it's just like okay. Eventually, they overpower Howard. They're gonna chop his head off. Beverly's like screaming, like "You're all animals!" But then she turns to them to try because she's trying to get them to let go of Howard, and she's like, "Wait, he's my boyfriend!" And they all turn around, like, "You're fucking disgusting! (laughs) You're fucking a duck!" And it's like, yeah, what did you think that was going to get you, sweetie? They are almost about to chop Howard up into little, little bit pieces. But Beverly goes to Jeffrey Jones and she's like, oh, please, please, oh, please save Howard. And it's like, okay, why would he want to save Howard? He doesn't give a shit about Howard. He wants to kill everybody. Why would he care? Well, because Howard has... This is a whole plot contrivance bullshit MacGuffin. Gobbledygook. (laughs) Howard has the code key that will activate the satellite that will have the Dark Overlord of the Universe bring other aliens to Earth. Oh, just blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm over it. Yeah. I'm so over it. So Jeffrey Jones, in the bad effects of this movie, starts throwing the yokels around, killing them, shooting force lightning, knocks out Howard, and kidnaps Beverly. This leads to Howard finding Phil, who has been arrested. Oh, yeah, that's stupid, too, because the cops apparently arrested Phil at the lab, for what I don't know, but they arrested Phil. And then after arresting him, drove him to the diner 
and like he was sitting in the back of a police car sitting at the diner because there was obviously an, a big incident at the diner so the cops show up but like they wouldn't bring a fucking criminal that they just arrested to another crime set. like that doesn't make sense and leave him in this alone in a squad car <laughs> With the ability to get out the front window. Yeah, the window's open because he sees... Oh, my God. Okay, so Howard's, like, hiding off somewhere in the parking lot, and he sees Phil, and he walks over to the car, and they're talking through the open window in the car. And it's like, okay, it's just... I don't understand anything anymore. But I looked away (laughs) at this point for, like, maybe 30 seconds I actually I was looking at something on my phone I don't remember oh I was looking up Tim Robbins because I wanted to see if he won an Oscar which he did and I was disgusted by that but anyway (laughs) I I looked away for 30 seconds is the point of what I'm saying and I looked back and when I looked back I I saw Howard and Phil in a plane yeah, so they're in a plane. Yeah, why are they in a plane? How are they in a plane? They were in a parking lot at a diner, talking to each other. He was arrested in a car, and now they're on a plane flying away, leading on a ten to twelve minute police chase. But but how did they get a fucking plane in a parking lot of a diner? It was in the in their parking lot you say that like it's normal for a plane to be in a diner parking lot of course dear i'm not talking to you anymore <laughs> well, i literally 30 seconds i looked away it took me 30 seconds to look up tim robbins imdb oh 30 seconds oh you won an oscar oh that's sad for him okay and then back to the movie and they're flying a fucking plane overhead and i'm like what the fuck just happened why? <laughs> it's Howard the Duck, dear. Why, though? Why? 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 And then Phil is like, oh, use your instincts, ducky. Fly, fly, because you used to be a duck that could, because, you know, you evolved from ducks that can fly. And it's like, oh, I get it. You want to make him fly, so put him in a plane. But there's no logical explanation as to why there would be a plane in a parking lot of a diner in Bumblefuck America. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to answer this question for you, dude. Oh, my God. Please. Please continue so we can end this. So <laughs> I'm we, tired already. So we have this long chase scene. Um, that's really, really long. Intercut with Jeffrey Jones, like, sucking out power from a nuclear power plant and tying up Beverly. This writing is, like, abysmal. I don't understand how these people were nominated for Oscars. I don't understand that. Well, eventually him and Tim Robbins crash into the water by the laboratory. And Howard again goes, I can't swim. <laughs> so stupid, okay. Tim, Ro- <laughs> Tim Robbins, come save me. I'm so over this. Tim Robbins goes, they're making a laser here. Let me go get the laser so we can fight Jeffrey Jones, who is now mutated. He's got spines coming out of his back. Oh, yeah. He's literally turning into, like, this alien monster or whatever. And he has Beverly tied to the laser floor because apparently when he brings his creatures in, they have to inhabit a human body. So Howard gets into a car with the laser... To fight Jeffrey Jones. 
Yeah, like a golf cart looking thing. And he, him and Jeffrey Jones go into a fight. There's a, a seatbelt message because the car won't start until Howard puts on his seatbelt. See, kids, you got to wear your seatbelt. It's very important. <laughs> but, okay, so I came up with an idea here. Throughout this whole, like, climax, I guess you can call it, because he's fighting Jeffrey Jones, whatever. There's a point where, like, Howard, like, sends phil to go untie beverly and i'm like oh okay i just totally solved this whole problem with the like bestiality undertones here like so easily could that have been solved so you could have very easily just had phil and beverly be love interests and have howard the duck be howard the duck you don't have to have any love interest necessarily in your movie like it's okay you can have a superhero slash marvel movie without love interest look at blade correct so like it's fine but if you want to do that then just have the two human people be love interests and you could have howard be like friends to both of them and like trying to get them together or something he's the goofy best friend right exactly he's ducky that way you don't yeah ah from pretty pink so yeah like that just solves very easily the bestiality problem and it solves the problem of how do you organically get phil into the movie because you could just have her be friends with him beforehand and have phil be like like oh we've been friends since we were kids but i've always had a crush on her you know but she doesn't get it like that whole chestnut and like you could have your romance in your movie and you can have your not bestiality disgustingness and you can have Howard the Duck still be Howard the Duck and it's fine. But like throughout the entire movie, there's these romantic undertones between Leah Thompson and this duck and it's like, okay, gross. And you clearly have Tim Robbins shoehorned into the plot to be your quote unquote comic relief. And it's like no (laughs) the duck should be the comic relief yeah just just no so that that's what i was thinking about when we were going through this very exciting climax how we could make the movie better so very easily so howard this dragged on forever by the way it like would not end so jeffrey jones starts the laser howard shoots jeffrey jones there's a blow-up scene howard fakes being dead for the first time in this movie this will happen again literally in about two minutes jeffrey jones is turned back to normal but now the alien can live without jeffrey jones don't know why giant alien pops up howard goes shoots it again then he destroys that alien as the other aliens are coming down i'm wrapping this up very quickly because it doesn't matter oh please please do and they like destroy the laser so the aliens don't come but we won't be able to send you back and Howard makes the decision to sacrifice him going back to his duck world to stop the aliens from coming to earth he destroys the laser fakes being dead again Beverly and him are happy and which is kind of what I said before about like oh you could go home but then at the last minute you decide not to it's like okay that's kind of what I was saying, but I said it better. So, fuck you, movie. This is annoying. <laughs> like, this whole thing is so annoying. Yeah, and it ends with Howard has become Beverly's and the Cherry Bomb's manager. Yes, and it ends 
very a la Josie and the Pussycats with a big concert scene and a ending song. Uh, but the, the ending song, it's called Howard the Duck. They call him Howard the Duck. No way to come steal it. In the feathers touch, I love him apart. call him Howard the Duck. And it's just Howard the Duck. It's like the theme of Howard the Duck, I guess. And it's annoying and it sucks. But fun fact, Thomas Dolby wrote the songs for the film. And he is the uh, genius behind the song, uh, She Blinded Me With Science. <laughs> oh, she blinded me with science. So, yeah, like, he's obviously a talented guy. But no, no to Howard the Duck. We reject you, Howard the Duck. No, no, no. So Howard falls onto the stage accidentally and gets given the guitar, and he starts playing guitar like he's Marty McFly. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That hurt me. That hurt me. Do you think Leah Thompson, the whole time while she's looking at the duck, is going, oh, I was in Back to the Future? No, I don't think she even realized how iconic that was yet. I think she thought probably that like this was going to be bigger than it was because George Lucas, and then was sadly mistaken. <laughs> Yeah, well, that is Howard the Duck. Yeah, George Lucas apparently said at the time this movie was released that in 20 years, Howard the Duck would be a masterpiece. Fuck you. No. <laughs> it's still considered one of the worst movies ever made 30 fucking five years later. So I think you were wrong about that, sir. Hate to break it to you. Oh, God. Uh, just before we continue, I wanted to, a couple of duck puns we didn't mention. Oh my god! No more, Mister Nice Duck. That's not a pun. Howard may be a duck, but you people are animals. Okay. I can't sit on my tail feathers. Oh my god! I want to die right now. Just stop it. You know how like people will like play the same song over and over again like really loud in like a torture chamber and like you know do like the flashing lights and just play like the same song over and over to, until you want to kill yourself that's what scott's doing to me right now just just saying duck puns over and over again desperate ducks do desperate actions that's not even a fucking okay <laughs> there was one when beverly and howard were trying to elude the police and I don't remember if it was Beverly or Howard that said it, but someone said, book him, ducko. It's time to stop. It's time to stop, okay? No more. Where the fuck are your parents? And I was like, okay, that's stupid too, but at least that's a pun on book him, Dano. Like, but then again, it's not really a timeless thing because like no young kids today would even know what that's in reference to. <laughs> yeah. So, it's okay. Like, not that this movie is timeless anyway. It's ridiculous. Everything's ridiculous. From the the writing to the acting to the fucking visual effects. Like, there is nothing even remotely decent to hang your hat on here. In some movies that aren't so great, you know, you can say like, oh, there's something here. There's a concept or a performance that you know you could work with maybe and if it was changed a little bit could produce a good movie there's nothing here bro nothing 
nothing like everything is dry and boring and old and there's nothing original which is crazy coming from the like talking duck movie there's nothing original but like it's true it's just bullshit I can't I can't do it anymore I've had enough well the only thing original in this movie is duck tits Woo! but uh yeah Howard the Duck is not a good movie by any stretch of the imagination it's kind of a weird time capsule though because you're like it's so weird that you're like this could this could have come out no other time but the 80s i mean that's true it is very 80s although i would argue that there are a lot more entertaining time capsules of the 80s to partake in than this because you know me i'm all about the time capsule movie like i am more willing to forgive a movie if you can enjoy it as a time capsule and I, I wouldn't call this movie a time capsule just because time capsules give you a, a nice happy feeling. It's like, oh, look at this time we lived in. Oh, it's so wonderful. Oh, what a time. Yeah, we made a duck movie. What a what a magical time. No. <laughs> no. This was not a magical time. <laughs> this was a fucking nonsense bullshit time. I am not about it. No. <laughs> So, Frankie, on that note, what would you rate Howard the Duck? I gave it a 0.5 out of 5 stars, goddammit, because Leah Thompson was good in it. I mean, as good as you can be in a movie like this. She tried. She, she, you know, she gave a fuck about it, which, God bless her. She deserved a goddamn Oscar for giving a shit about this movie. And, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, I also have it as a 0.5 out of 5. Uh... (laughs) It's a mess. It really is. It's not like I've watched it. I think when I watched it originally, I was in college. But yeah, it's it's a bad movie. It is really. It makes no sense when you tr- when you even think about it at all. Like it starts falling apart at random parts, and you're like, okay, why, why are we doing this? Like, the idea of an alien coming down has been done millions of times before. Hell, uh, Robin Williams did it with uh, fucking Mork. Wasn't he a fucking alien? Yeah, Mork was an alien. And that basically could have been Howard the Duck. Just make it Mork. True. You know, it's not like this concept hasn't been repeated and done better. And that's why I think, give it five years, I wouldn't be shocked if there's an MCU Howard the Duck movie. I, I mean, it could happen. Maybe a TV series. Maybe a cartoon series. That'd be fun. Like, in the hands of, like, let's say, like, James Gunn. Yeah, yeah. Because he's the one who brought them back anyway. True. Oh, God. That was exhausting, just talking about it. Um. Okay, so, next week, uh, I'm going to be getting Scott back for this. Because we're going to watch yet another So Bad It's Good movie. Don't worry. This is the last one. Uh, (laughs) I I, I don't understand why I need... This is my vengeance for Cats. Yeah, but Cats was like a a Mother's Day special. So now I like... Shut up. I want to do another (laughs) one. So... (laughs) Funnily enough, it's another movie about a bird. Or birds. Yes, we go from... (laughs) We go from cats to ducks... To other foul. Yes. Oh, it's very foul. That's for sure. So until then, 
This has been Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. Make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Shoot the Flick and check out our weekly episodes every single Wednesday on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio, and pretty much anywhere else you can find a podcast. And make sure you come back next week for our feathery, high-flying movie adventure. Practice your quack-foo. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>